Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I forget the name of the elf in Island of Misfit Toys. I'm David. And nobody wants a Charlie in the box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you may be thinking of Hermie the elf. Yes, yes. Who wanted to be a dentist. And uh, would you believe, and uh, his uh, voice actor just died, in fact. Aww. Oh. Yeah, I think I remember so that coming up. Well, it's, uh, it's Paul Souls, who is also uh, 60s Spider-Man. All right. Oh. And uh, who I once saw live on stage uh, playing Shylock in Stratford. Ooh. That's pretty mm. cool. Uh, but today we are looking, we are journeying to the island of misfit tech. Uh, episode 39 of Rescue Bots uh, first aired May 17th, 2014, and we are back into Greg Wiseman territory. You know, there was a point about halfway through this episode where I was like, this episode is really quippy and like yes. trying way too hard. <laughs> it's Who a wrote titch- this? It's Greg Wiseman. It's a titch more meta than this show usually gets. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very, very clever. <laughs> it's trying very hard. At least it doesn't get shippy. Yes. Now, uh, so yeah, the uh, the spell is broken, and Greg Wiseman lives again. <laughs> uh, previously, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm biting back a spoiler for the end of uh, season three of Ducktales. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> hey, oh. Fingers crossed for uh, Jonathan Freak's cameo. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> if he showed up, would he be like a duck with a ponytail? Yeah. I mean, some of them have, like, hair. I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily hair. Or he'd be like a swan, so he could be like David Swanatos. Maybe. Hmm. They do have stuff like that. My favorite uh, little little behind-the-scenes thing I heard about the uh, the new DuckTales series is that everyone, all the writers, just assumed that this uh, new semi-villain character was going to be called Mark Duckerberg. And then Legal <laughs> was like, no. no. <laughs> so he's just Mark Beeks. But they were just like, of course he's Mark Duckerberg. <laughs> And legal was like, no. <laughs> no. 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 I, I was going to make some sort of joke about Elon Tusk, but uh, they already did that on Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I don't think uh, I've gotten that far yet. It is unfortunately <laughs> voiced by the actual Elon Musk, and it's just Elon Musk with, like, a one giant tooth. What? It's not very funny. Uh, don't let him do things. It, it, it is in an otherwise pretty funny heist episode, which is where the 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 you son of a bitch I'm in meme comes from. <laughs> oh, oh, the, oh, the the best and worst joke in the show are all in one episode. Well, I guess that's Rick and Morty all over. Yes. Uh, anyway, Wiseman previously wrote uh, just a couple episodes ago. Feed the beast, the episode where there's spam that turns people into werewolves. <laughs> yes. He is definitely, I guess this, uh, probably technically predates the season three prime stuff he did. I am so. gonna take a look right, he, uh, this is May 17th, 2014, and prime was a year before this. Okay. So he got into that and then was like, this is fun, I'm gonna keep writing some Transformers stuff. Yes. <laughs> well, although apparently he pitched Transformers episodes back in the 80s. Really? Oh. 
I didn't know he was old enough for that. Well, when, when is his first? Uh, he's been around for a long ha- time. I mean, uh, well, he? he's been around for the, from since the nineties, which is now a long time. Oh, uh, I'm old. I saw something at Walmart today with uh, uh, celebrating the 25th anniversary of Pokemon, and I just keeled over and turned to dust right there in the aisle. Yeah, Pokemon being that old feels wrong. <laughs> oh, actually, I forgot that Greg Wiseman like wrote for DC Comics in the 80s. He wrote oh, okay. um, Captain Adam. Okay. Uh, but no, See, apparently he also... It's bad enough when the stuff that you were into in high school starts hitting 25 years, but then when the stuff that you started getting into after high school starts hitting 25 years, then you turn to dust and, and blow away. <laughs> uh, but no, apparently he wrote an episode of Gem in 1988. Ooh, that's oh. shippy. I mean, it was probably shippy. <laughs> oh, he wrote, he wrote a World of Warcraft novel? Oh, children's novel. Oh. I was very sad to learn that the Rama Llama that I apparently actually did have as a child was probably tossed by my parents several years ago. <sighs> Stupid parents. It's like the blue... It was for the longest time like the blue, blue streak of gem stuff. Oh. <laughs> like no one believed it existed because it was a mail away that you got a coupon ah. for... When you redeemed a rebate for buying a specific gem doll at certain shops. And it was basically just like, uh, like G2 Breakdown. Like something that they were going to produce and just made like a few of them. And were like, you know what? We're not actually going to make this. Uh, so then they, they did it as a mail away with this rebate. Like it came with a check with the rebate and I got one and later found out that people questioned its existence. Wait, wait, he's also, he's done voice acting too? Oh, wow. What? Well, I think it's just like, you know, cameoing in on his own shows. I, well, he was apparently the dub voice of a character in Icky Tosen. An anime about fighting of, of reincarnations of characters from Romance of the Three Kingdoms, I think. I think that's what the deal was with that anime was. Mm. The fuck? Although I, I feel that with some of those anime dubs, they were just kind of casting everybody was around. who happened to be well, in the office. Yeah. Or maybe he was just for one episode or something. Or Wikipedia is pulling my leg, which is entirely it's possible. It's entirely possible. Anyway, so this this episode opens with Cody returning from soccer tryouts, and uh, emphasis on out because he's bad at soccer. Aww, Kate is so mean to him he about it. He's a real too. dick in this episode because I guess the the family has like this storied soccer legacy. Also, I like, like oh. the uh, the confusion with the the bots about uh, which one is soccer and which one's football. Yes. And he, yeah, I guess there's this storied family, and he just talked about how you're letting the family name down, and you're just you're just a disgrace to all of us, Cody. <sighs> He's 
such a jerk. Yeah, yeah. But the, the robots being like like me talking about what is sport was kind of fun. <laughs> something something sports ball. Is this yes. cricket you speak of with the ball and the field? And uh, and then Blades, I'm sure, would interject that he thought a cricket was an insect and wonders if this sport involves giant bugs. Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> this yeah this this joke could have gone on for much too long, but fortunately <laughs> it stops with. Yes, thankfully there is trouble at the Riven Rock Fun Zone. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the Fun Zone. It's like which, and then they go there, and it's not an arcade. It's like, oh, I got. I mean, it's it's kind of like a what? It's like a Dave and Buster's kind of. Yeah, it sounds like it's just a Dave and Buster's. I guess. Yeah. Except the thing that is most likely to be Dave and Bustered is your spine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because there is a mechanical bull. Yes, and, and instead of, of you know your your average mechanical bull, which is like a metal block that you hold on to, this is a straight up robotic bull. Yes, it's just an actual robot bull. This is actually a Decepticon from Robots in Disguise. I mean, it's not Absolutely. actually, but it kind of is. Pretty much, yeah. No, it's a, it, it was apparently sent from the mainland to Griffin Rock for testing, and uh, it, it is constantly causing. Dangerous mayhem while calmly in- exhorting people to insert more tokens to continue the ride. Also, <laughs> it's playing a song. It is playing oh, yes, a it- song that is original to this episode by an actual famous country singer. Yes! What? Yes! <laughs> really? Okay. So they, they commissioned a country singer to have an insert episode or insert song in this episode. For a rampaging robot bull? Well, and I, I like the idea that the music is apparently diegetic. Like, the bull is playing this yes. music. Yes. Yeah, I didn't realize that at first, but at one point it stops, and then it starts again when the bull gets angry. Yeah, it seems what? at first like the music is just accompanying, like the music is fourth wall. But then I, I, the bull stops and it starts up again and it starts playing. I feel like when it starts playing again, it has that sort of tinny through a speaker sound. Yes. So well, they and, they make it clear that this bull is actually just playing this music. And do you think that it's just going to be you know uh, you know it's, it's, okay? There's some country-ish music on the sa- on the soundtrack, but it, it's got lyrics. Yes. Yeah. And it is from this, singer-songwriter Clint Black, who is like a, is a well-known country the, uh, guy. This is not just the cold slither of, like, cheap, easily licensed country clip music. This is an no. actual song with lyrics that he wrote. I mean, I as, this has to be one of those, like, I mean, I guess as old as he is, maybe had grandkids who were into this. So, well, but yeah, wow. Well, and also Weird. he is, this is going to happen in a later episode. He has a second Rescue oh. Bot song. <laughs> A second insert store? What the hell? And also, it's a Christmas song, so I think it might... Or it's a Christmas episode, so I think it might be a Christmas song. Oh, wow. That makes more sense. I love it. (laughs) The Christmas episode is is to be expected to some degree, but this random country rampaging bull song... What? And also, he's famous enough that he's been on The Masked Singer. Wow. I don't know what the level of fame of Mash Singer is. I've seen bits of them singing, but I have, have I don't think I've ever seen a reveal. I mean, they're people who are like you would know. 
Mostly. I, I know that uh, T-Pain was on there because he was on uh, Jonathan Colton's NPR show talking about it. Oh, okay. That's cool. And about how he can actually sing even though his gimmick is auto-tune. Well, yeah. Anyway, so, I, I've wow. never seen a second of it, but I know of it. And yeah, this this episode has already taken a a veer into crazy town. <laughs> yeah, and also clearly indicating this is a Greg Wiseman episode. Uh, you know, Graham is wondering, you know, what you know, what are the odds that a prototype in in Griffin Rock could uh, you know go berserk like this? And <laughs> yes. Boulder is all, uh, you know, uh, probably at about ninety nine point nine nine percent. Yes, based on <laughs> our experience. So like I said, it's, it's very, very quippy. Mm-hmm. Based on local statistics is the quote. Yes. According to the wiki. And so I finally... Uh, 99.9%. Yeah, so, so finally, Boulder grabs some wires and puts in a sleep mode, which is uh, obvious because, after all, he is a bulldozer. <laughs> uh. And Danny longs for the days when the bots did not understand Earth humor. Mm-hmm. Because now they they know just enough to be terrible at it. Yes, Wiseman puns. Oh. Yeah, this, this 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 is data level humor. Yes. He's, yes, he's been studying all day with the Joe Piscopo hologram. <laughs> Actual next generation episode plot. Uh, yeah. Although sadly, the Joe Piscopo hologram does not become evil and try and take over the ship. Aw, that's a shame. Like I mean, it's Piscopo show really should have. But I, again, that's another instance where I just assume Joe Piscopo was a made-up character, <laughs> not an actual person. Also, it's like, oh, they got the character from SNL to be on Star Trek. That's cute. Also, I like that Chase says that he's going to attempt reason with the bull, which is like, okay, Chase, there <laughs> you are. You know, are you not supposed to grab the bull by the horns? <laughs> yes, but metaphors don't tell you what to do after you grab them. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they, they head over to Doc Green, where uh, Doc Green has apparently decided to become a futuristic communist. <laughs> well, kind- he's, he's got a lightsaber that's also a sickle. I assume he's also got some sort of electro hammer. Also, he mentions <laughs> memory erasing earmuffs. <laughs> well, and also, apparently, this sickle he's using... Like lightsaber sickle was intended as a nose hair trimmer. Yeah. That, wait, 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 what? What? Listen, I lobotomized a couple of uh, assistants, and uh, you know, it, it was rough. The, the most but, uh, successful hey, one, they they only lost their nose to spite my face. But it's good for fruit. So they, they so they plan to uh, to take it to the best left forgotten shelf. But he's all, oh, no, 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 it's too big, too dangerous. We're going to have to set it to the island that we filled with even more insanely dangerous inventions. How is this mechanical bull more dangerous than some of the nonsense that they than, than the meat that turns people into werewolves? <laughs> I feel like that's more dangerous than an out-of-control robot bull. Well, I guess the difference is that you actually have to eat the meat, whereas this thing can just turn on and go on a rampage. I guess. Yeah. Because apparently, as we will find out, they don't know how to take batteries out of anything. No. They do not know how to disconnect the battery. That's, I mean, that, that 
seems ridiculous, but then you also have to assume a lot of the things on this island are probably nuclear-powered or powered by experimental energies, so there isn't really an off switch. <laughs> yeah. Or at least, like, take a hammer to them before that. Yeah. Put them in a cage. Like, sink them into concrete. Like disconnect the thing. Their their propulsion systems. Something. Take their treads they off. They all run on perpetual motion batteries. Uh, or also, I don't know. Uh, boy, if only there were a volcano you could throw these into. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, that really the volcano should be the resort to like... The volcano should be like option three to every device. Like a, yes. We keep it. We, we blow it up. We throw it in the volcano. Okay, we send it to the island. Uh, option four, shoot it into the sun. Yes. Uh, but uh, no, so he's concerned because the Island of Misfit Tech is a secret spoken of only in whispers. So he's worried that he's going to have to use their, his memory erasing earmuffs on them, mm-hmm. which is quite frankly terrifying. Yes. Also, why are they earmuffs? Well, it's, it's so that you uh, put them on unsuspectingly. Ah. And then, boom, you don't know math anymore. <laughs> uh, no. I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe that's what happens. Uh, that's why nobody ever bought, hassles him about all those assistants he had that uh, mysteriously disappeared. Maybe. He made them forget about it. We're going to need another Timmy. Oh, he's got him buried out in the backyard like hamsters. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> But no, there is a there is a building that is hidden by a hologram, and inside that is the beam box, which is a crazy teleporting telepod that he doesn't know how it works or who built it. Also, it well, had a it, different name before, but he likes this name better. Yes, I mean, it, it, considering that like head scientist of the island, it is like a position that's been passed down. It does make sense. He doesn't know. But at the same time, you, it's like, that's something that should come with the jobs. Like, who built this? I don't know. They left him an instruction manual, though. Y- you, yes, the instruction. You'd think that what might also include, like, how it works or what yeah. happens if it breaks or. You would think I mean, so. Thankfully, we know that it apparently works well enough that you do not get a Brundlefly situation. Yeah, well. <laughs> if two things go at once. I guess Gary Chalk, like, scrubbed the names off of the Brundle research files. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man! After he uh, he did that just before he uh, he got busted uh, taping uh, Eric Stoltz and Daphne Zuniga having sex, and uh, then got killed by a giant fly monster. <laughs> yes, it's uh, the Fly Two, everybody, starring Gary Chalk. Yay! Not a good movie, but not that bad. I mean, it's I mean the, it, the problem is it's the se- it's the sequel to a great movie. Yes, and it's kind of a f- dumb monster movie. Yeah. yeah. But for for a dumb monster movie, it, it's decent. Like I said, you've got some excellent, despicable Gary Chalk. Yeah, and I have a cat. Oh, the best to Gary Chalk. What? What? You want to go out? Come on, come on, come on. So yeah, they uh, you know they're they're gonna send the uh, you know a uh, heat wave thinks that they should just you know smash this bull. But uh, Doc Green's all yeah you know you never know when something's going to be useful, even if it seems insanely dangerous. <laughs> I I have to agree that I don't know when a rampaging robot bull is going to be useful. Would you believe it's going to be useful in about ten minutes? <laughs> I mean, yes, because I understand how TV episode writing works. 
Sorry, I have got to go for just a second. I'll be right back. Okie dokie. We'll talk amongst yourselves. Here's a topic. When are we going to do an Icon Underground again at some point? Uh, I know. I've been thinking we need to do more news pod because yeah. news keeps happening. Well, and, and I got a, a new expensive third-party toy that I want to talk about, even though we Ooh. shouldn't approve of third-party toys. But, oh, my God, this thing is so fucking good. Uh, yeah, I mean, is that your first Mastermind Creations one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, wait a minute. Who made the, the other thing I got? Where the boxes over here. Um, the causality. Who the fuck made this? Oh, fans project. Which one is it? Uh, what? The little. Um. Oh, what the fuck? The, the Energon combiners. Remember that the ons, the, the oh. Combaticon ones. They had add-on ones that were like a blast off and a swindle. And I got them okay. yonks ago, but I recently got a newer one, which is like a slight remold of the blast off. And they're pretty good, but, but the tolerances are a little different and oh, the plastic feels really stiff on those. Admittedly, uh-huh. these things are like from a decade ago, but th- right. this, this new one is, oh my, it, it, the plastic quality is like trans, normal transformers from Hasbro. It, it's so good. Yeah, I have, it doesn't have uh, like all the new rubbery shit they're using, which annoys the piss out of me. But I guess I have three, maybe four. One's a two pack. I have three Mastermind Creations ones, and then uh, the other couple I have are Iron Factory, so they're little. Oh yeah, like Legends class ones. Yeah, the Iron Factory, the little ones. Oh, I thought about getting the little Windblade for a while, but but yeah, it's it's the first one I've gotten in a while, and considering the price and the size, it's. So fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're good. I'm on the fence about uh so TFCon mm. is in Baltimore in October. And oh, we should yeah. all go. I, and we should <laughs> It's October, you said okay, October we'd be better. Because I've been into Baltimore in like July and August for old anime cons, and it is hot uh-huh. as fuck. And I don't well, want to do yes. that again. But October, October is a maybe. I, I live in Virginia now, so yes, I understand. Uh, that's how it was today, like running errands. It was like ninety-five degrees. It also, was awful. Like waiting outside in lines to get into Otakon in like yeah, ninety-degree not... weather, and and the week after the sewers exploded was not fun. <laughs> Oh there was the uh, the botcon in Orlando where I I stepped out of the airport at ten o'clock at night and immediately was soaked in sweat. Yeah, that was the one botcon I went to, and it was it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was it was very hot, I, but at least it was humid. So it I was really sort of wished I had I really wished I had brought more shirts because I mm, sweated yeah. through so many shirts. Yeah, I think I did go through like two shirts most days. But anyway, so I need to decide before then, I think, depending on when things actually get released, whether I'm going to get the IDW-style Deathsaurus or the G1-style Deathsaurus. Yes. From, oh, God. After I got this, creations. it's like, which one do I want? Well, I no, was also, like, there's there's the another company-made one, but I guess I should probably get the Mastermind Creations one, because... Same thing. And I was actually thinking, I was like, oh man, if I pay down my pay my credit card back down enough, maybe I can get a Deathsaurus 
And I was like, okay, so I could pay a grand for a G1 Deathsaurus, or I could pay less for one that has joints. Yeah. <laughs> Modern. Deathsaurus was the first toy I had to sell for rent. Mm. Oh, what the fuck, Mastermind? So I have some feelings there, but, uh. Same, but, but yeah. I just had to take care of some dog related business. Oh, that's fine. I figured it was probably a pet emergency, but, mm. uh, yeah, we need to do a news pod at some point. Hit me up sometime. My schedule is very static right now. Okay, so maybe maybe Saturday, may, maybe depending. I on might how be up to doing one Saturday uh, night. Yeah, depending on how things. food is well, need being to reintroduced to my system. I, I need to finish a drawing, and 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 I have. Well, I started playing Final Fantasy, and now I I just got a new game in the mail. So I'm playing Final Fantasy Tic Tacs. Yay. Mm. Oh, I'll, I'll probably get the, the not accurate to G1 one because it's cheaper and the wings look cooler. I mean, it's not that much cheaper, is it? It's 20 it's bucks. like 10 bucks, 20 bucks. 20 bucks. See, I, mm. it's wings are cooler, but I do have a strong, like, nostalgia for the G1 Deathsaurus and his wings and his ridiculous weapon that's got, mm. like, a Okay, the weapon is kind of cool, but like, on the gun. Like, I think the, the, the monster head is better on the, the newer version. It is, because the old one was just a more bird of, like... Beak. He's, he's a kaiju. He's a big bird. That's what it says on his package. Yeah. That his alt mode is, is big bird. <laughs> I kind of don't like the, good the monster at, arms, though. What was the... I really wish the TF Wiki had the bad English from the Japanese packaging. Yeah. It, someone really needs to preserve the six robots jump out his shell, transform to monster, and again. <laughs> or like the six <laughs> monster jump out his shell, transform to robot, and again. It's from Dino King's <laughs> box. Uh, just like, jump out his shell, and again. Uh, but yes, Death Source's original Death Source's packaging refers to him as a big bird. <laughs> oh, the the but one yeah. from Plant, the different version from Planet X is sold out. So I guess that solves the question of which one I want. <laughs> Man, that's, that's going to be a hard wings. choice. Uh, and honestly, if I'm doing well enough paying down my credit card, I might just not decide. <laughs> I might. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> So they they quickly figure out that the once this bull awakens, he is especially inclined to attack uh, Heatwave because he is they are in a cartoon and this bull yes. hates the color red. Uh, yes. To be fair, it is a robot bull, so that just means that someone programmed it to hate red. So yes, that's realistic. Super realistic. It was ill advised, but realistic. Yes. Maybe don't do that. If color equals red, attack. <laughs> so luckily, uh, Cody figures this out and lures him into the uh, into the pod with a red fuel can. Less fortunately, he gets stuck in there himself and teleported. He's because- getting a lot of accidentally stowing away in yes. things lately, and he really needs to be more careful. Wait, wait, mm. wait. Okay, I have a note. I think it's somewhere in here. Oh no! It, it was when Doc was showing them how to get into the the secret building. Was there a Rocky Horror joke in there? 
Yes, yes. because he's, he says okay. it's just a, a jump to the left. Okay, so I did recognize a reference to a movie I've never seen and never will see. <laughs> yes. I mean, I like Tim Curry, but I kind of hate musicals. Nothing explodes. It's probably worth seeing once. There's weird science. I think something does explode. I I've seen the Indian knockoff version. Or is it Pakistani? (laughs) The Punjabi uh, horror picture show. No, I forget what it was called. Keep talking. I'll Google it. Okay. Anyway, so they. so because they're, this is a one-way trip, they need to put a special tag on everything so they can call it back. Yes, they but, need to have like a little transceiver thing. Yeah, so the bull has a tag, Cody does not. And mm-hmm. they figure Cody's probably not going to be touching this bull still. <laughs> Considering it was, you know, trying mm. to kill everything. Yes, and speaking of trying to kill everything, he uh, he encounters a scrap master previously seen in... Uh, in Cody on Patrol, here it is much more cartoony. It's it's got like two big cartoon eyes and big cla- big clampy hands, like yeah. Lego man hands. It's like the prototype yes. version. Also, it doesn't understand that humans are not garbage. I mean, humans are kind of garbage, so I can't really debate Refuse, it. Refuse, marked for destruction. Yes, which it will say over and over. So he has to flee that. He has to flee all manner of killer robots. And also, the the tag gets knocked off. Uh, well, sorry. Heatwave goes through with a tag, is attacked by the Scrapmaster. It gets knocked off, and it gets eaten by the Scrapmaster. So when they try and get Heatwave back, they get the Scrapmaster back, which then tries to kill everybody. And unfortunately, Oops. it does succeed in killing Graham's only tie. Womp <laughs> womp. Which who has only one tie? Even if you don't wear ties much, you have two ties at least. Well, and he wears a tie he in wears every episode. Ties every day. But I, yes. I mean, it's just always the same. I mean, I think it's Wiseman doing a gag because he's always wearing the same outfit. Well, yeah. Although they they do occasionally change outfits in the show. Admittedly, it's not changing outfits as much as like um, Totally Spies does every episode. But I th- has. Actually, I don't know if he's ever had another tie. It's always like the turquoise thing. I assume he was even wearing it under his spacesuit in the last episode. Yes. He definitely seems like someone who would be wearing his tie in a spacesuit. Oh! Okay, I, I fucked up. It's an Egyptian remake of Rocky Horror. Kinda. Not really. It uses the framework of Rocky Horror to go off in a weird political direction, making an odd commentary, and it's called Fangs. Okay. Mm-hmm. I... Do and don't recommend it. It's very bizarre because it starts exactly like Rocky Horror and then just goes in this ridiculous direction. <sighs> anyway, so yeah, uh, so so they the uh, everybody is just sort of struggling with the Scrapmaster. But hey, you know who has a plan? Cade has a plan. Oh yes. no, this is not going to be good. <laughs> I've seen I've seen every episode of Perfect Strangers. I know what happens when somebody says I have a plan. Oh, so Hilarious. so Cody is just on the run from all manner of killer robots. This 
one of the one of these days, these things are going to like develop sapience, and you've got a matrix situation on your hands. No, it's kind of amazing they haven't yet. It it's like chopping mall, the island, it's Jurassic <laughs> Park crossed with Terminator. What the hell? Thank you. Have a nice day. And Barbara Crampton's head explodes. No. Yes. But no, there, there's like a, like, I guess it's like a logging robot that's got saw blades for hands. There is a deadly pitching machine. There's a paintball robot. And there are also just a bunch of killer metal eating robot cockroaches. I'm not sure it's a paintball robot. I think it's just a paint robot that just oh, okay. happens to chuck it. Cause it's not throwing like little gobs of paint. It's, it's throwing like big gobs of paint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I forgot to mention that uh, in another extremely Greg Wiseman joke, Heatwave goes, even though Blades objects, because he's seen a lot of TV shows, and the character who's colored red usually does not come back from the mission. Yes! yes. It makes sense that Blades would be a Trekkie. So, yeah, there is uh, there is much robot chaos, uh, but Cody thankfully catches a break, because the paint bot uh, hits the... Uh, Hits the saw bot with uh, with red paint, which then makes the bull attack it. Yes, he has now figured out the trick to this particular game scenario. How because, to get out of here? Because then Cody has been painted blue, and when fi- and when he finds Heatwave, he also paints him blue. So now yes. they're they're the bull's friends. <laughs> I would personally uh, like to know what this paint bot did wrong. <laughs> well, in the episode, it shoots the wrong paint sometimes. That doesn't well, seem yes. that dangerous. No, it's but well, dangerous. maybe it's just happy about shooting. It was shooting paints at other robots and at Cody. It, it's maybe it's all it paint just happy. also occasionally murders people. Maybe it, it's like that uh, that old Onion uh, headline: "Kitten thinks about nothing but murder all day." Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, it it uh, it doesn't paint very well, and also it uh, these homicide circuits you uh, put into it are uh, very active. <laughs> I don't know why you put those a, in. It doesn't get a chance to do it in this episode, but but yeah, sometimes it does a murder. <laughs> yeah, it kept like uh, making people drink paint. <laughs> oh no, it's secretly Hannibal Lecter Robo. And then it also, like, painted a bunch of people all over and they died, like that uh, girl in Goldfinger. Oh, no! That's a rumor! <laughs> and then they're accosted by some security bots. At least I assume they're security bots because they keep saying security. Yeah. They seem like they should have British accents, and I don't know why. Uh, because then uh, they'd be sued by the makers of Doctor Who. <laughs> well, Okay. And also maybe Jason. Uh, they're, not, they're not shaped like pepper shakers. They're fine. They, I mean, they're shaped like <laughs> they're uh, like like a batteries. The yeah. lozenge thingies, you know. They've got little, they've got little domes on their on their heads, and they've all got active lasers. Well, yes. yes. Yeah, there's so much peril in this episode. Like, oh my god, this I mean, entire island is just a nightmarish death trap. Like if if this wasn't uh, apparently made by accident, I would assume that uh, he's uh, he's actually encountered uh, uh, Arcade, the uh, the X Men villain. <laughs> yeah. Besides that, there's just this so much rust everywhere, and sharp though. metal, and the killer bugs and things, and oh, just having flashbacks to Mechagon, and I hate that island. 
Oh, and maybe it's actually lead paint. Oh, no. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe that's yes. why. Maybe that's why it got banished. Because oh. it's, it's not that dangerous. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, so the so the bull smashes the robo roaches, uh, and the robo roaches have already eaten the uh, the pitching machine. So Cody has uh, takes the the baseballs, and it turns out he is good at a sport because he totally beans these three uh, robots. Yes, it, three solid hit by hit by pitch. Not great if you're a pitcher, but great if you're fighting killer robots. <laughs> yes. So. So they all, both Cade, Cody, the Mechanical Bull, and Paintbot, all go back. They uh, they paint the Scrapmaster red, and the bull destroys it. Yes. Yay! There. That's its purpose, is that one thing, is to destroy things painted red. Yes. And I like at one point, um, Chase tosses something and says, think rapidly. Yes. Oh, puns. Dad jokes. <laughs> and so Cody, because there's friends, you know, can, you know, can, I, it's not so much a can we keep them, but, um, you know, can they not be sent to murder Robot Island? <laughs> and that is pretty much uh, the episode. Everybody's learned a valuable lesson about how, you know, some people are good at things unexpectedly. And also yes. about how... You should never go to the the, ro- the island full of murder bots. Yeah, d- yeah, don't don't, don't, go. don't go there. Don't. I'm kind of surprised that those little bug ones hadn't destroyed everything because they seemed like they were well on their way to destroying everything. Maybe metal. they're a recent arrival. Maybe, maybe eventually they'll go there and it will just be nothing but all these robots, mm-hmm. all these little bugs. Oh yeah, and uh, if you're if you're worried about like a malevolent artificial intelligence taking over these uh, these robots. Ah, uh, stay tuned. Oh no! Oh no! I'm just saying that paint robot, not that dangerous. <laughs> no, he's fine. <laughs> Being really unreasonably harsh to this poor paint robot. So, so the- maybe they just didn't have a shelf big enough for it. Maybe, or he doesn't have an off switch. I mean, that's usually the case for everything here. Hmm. Yes. Also, everything on the like Griffin Rock. <laughs> So yeah, it, it is a it is a weird episode. It's very Greg Wiseman-y, but I had a fun yes. time. It's fun, definitely trying to be very clever. There's so much peril that it becomes hilarious. Yeah. Yes. It's extreme peril. The peril is too perilous. Oh no. It's too dangerous for you, traveler. You cannot handle my peril. <laughs> no. So I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, this week on Gosei Sentai, Die Ranger! Ka Kabuki Boy? Huh? Um. Kabuki faced monster, which, like, it has a giant, like, paper mache mascot sized head. Like a Kabuki actor who takes over, possesses people's bodies, jumps into them, and gets invisible, and, and it's a whole thing just causing havoc, getting inside, like. Uh, a cop, or no, a security guard's body and stealing money from a bank, a construction worker and just drilling into a hole, a cop and then just shooting randomly. It's pure madness. Uh, and, and there's conveniently breakable Maui statues for him to throw rangers into. 
you know, in a, in a fight where the Rangers first encounter him, an old man just shows up, throws a chakram, and and cricks his neck and acts really bizarre and weird, kind of like he's he's a new villain monster. But no, it turns out he's <gasps> Pink's. She calls him Grandpa, but he's like I think it, her grandmother's <laughs> younger brother or something. Like she wasn't actually he, he's not actually Grandpa. But he's very much a grand, a dirty old grandpa character. Oh no, is he the Master Roshi? Kind of, well, he pulls out, like, her bra the first time we see him in her apartment. Oh, That's dear. not appropriate there. if they're related. No, it, 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 it's weird. He, he, oh, the, the gag's not good. It's not okay. Anyway, the, the, the Kabuki monster guys wandering around town, causing havoc, jumping into bodies... And eventually he ends up, suddenly there's a bank robbery in the middle of this episode with a guy shooting guns, stealing from the bank. Not, not Yay. possessed by the Kabuki guy at first, apparently, maybe he was, but the, the Rangers that corner him on a roof, why the Rangers are chasing after a bank robber in the first place is weird. It's like, that's, that's not our job. I mean, this really <laughs> sounds, this sounds like more of a job for a Sergeant Kabuki man, NYPD. Well, yeah. Yes. Ah, trauma. God damn it. And he's actually a police officer. Technically. Trained police officer. He's like some kind of samurai cop or something. But anyway, so they have the bank robber cornered on a roof. Oh, now the kabuki guy's in it. And he pulls out nunchucks while still firing the gun with infinite ammo. He never reloads. So there's a bit of a fight. And then Grandpa shows up on the roof. It's like, no, we gotta force the kabuki monster out of the guy's body. And then capture the Kabuki monster for question mark profit, I guess. Reasons. And, and his solution is, oh no, we'll just force him to jump off the roof, and then he'll jump out of the bank robber's body. But the rangers are like, yeah, but then the bank robber's gonna hit the ground. Yeah, yeah, but the Kabuki guy will be, be out. Grandpa pushes him off the roof. To his death. <laughs> Grandpa kills Yikes. a guy. And the rangers wow. run down to the body while Grandpa's like, oh no, the Kabuki guy got away. I'll go look for him. And the rangers are standing there <laughs> over this dead body like, oh fuck, shit just got real. What's going on? Oh no. The cops arrive to be continued. <laughs> what? Like, I feel like the cops arrive is not usually how no, your it, normal like it feels very Sentai much series like, ends. Like a a parody version, like, like it is a Monty Python skit version of a Sentai episode. It's the Rick and Morty version. Like the cops <laughs> arrive to arrest the heroes because somebody died because random grandpa pushed a dude off of a roof. What? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say this is the Rick and Morty version. I know, like, after last episode, which was very by the book, by the numbers, Sentai plot, this is, ends in murder. (laughs) Clear cut (laughs) murder. murder. Admittedly, the guy was possessed by a monster, but uh, Grandpa shoved him off the roof. What the hell? It's not okay. Die Ranger keeps surprising me. I, I'm going to watch the next episode because that's a weird way to do a cliffhanger. Yeah, that's uh, the police showing up is not a. I mean, uh, like, not a usual cliffhanger. The the police showing up and and the hero being accused of murder. It's kind of more like a 
common rider thing, but usually it's like, oh no, oh. it was a villain pretending to be a person and they faked it. Not like there's a dead body right there on a children's show and the heroes are standing over it while the cops arrive. What the fuck? <laughs> you have my attention. <laughs> okay then. Tune in next week. All right. To find out more. And tune in next week to Stasis Pod. Uh, we'll be back with more Rescue Bots next week. But uh, until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses at Patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. Uh, this month, uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can listen to me and David say a whole bunch of stuff about Gundam, uh, <laughs> while Rob just sort of nods and, uh, makes a lot of jokes about Anne Hathaway. <laughs> uh, we will be watching the Mobile Suit Gundam movie Hathaway's Flash, uh, which I find acceptable because it's Universal Century and only Universal Century counts. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but, well, go on, David. Uh, uh, oh, I, Challenge me. Well, I forget what the G Gundam continuity is called, but th that that's that's a good one. Universal Century is is or, wait, no, Universal Century is Wing, right? Yes. No. No. Wait. Ah, I'm forgetting. Universal Century is not Wing. Oh no, that's the original. Ah, my brain is just like one year war. I'm not remembering yeah. what it's called. But yeah, the, yes. the the main Gundam continuity is the one that's most mined. But the problem is most of the continuity that's been created like takes place during the first series or right after. And it's a very crowded timeline right there. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's like how there are like a million different documentaries and movies about World War II. And that was like five years well but so, but but th this is stuff happening more like if if supposedly there was like only one version of a specific tank three had been built but only one survived and then suddenly there's a dozen of them <laughs> in a bunch of different series all over doing things all across the planet and in space and on the moon <laughs> Admittedly, some of the later just, weird things are where, especially the moon Gundam that lands, it's actually two different robots that are split in half and glued back together on the, the colonies called Moon Moon. Because <laughs> there's a colony called Moon Moon, and, and that one I want to see more of. I'm just... I'm just gonna say this had better have some beautifully animated gems, or I'm I'm gonna riot. Um, I I, I, I love me some gems. There, there's a later descendant of gems. I think they're called Carl, and Carl <laughs> is a chunky boy. That's that's not as good as J as the James Gun. No, no. <laughs> just, N named after the famous director. It's just, it's called a gem, Rob. I will explain well, to you. The, the initials J, the same reason G M, but yeah. it's usually called Jim. Okay. Yes, it's a GM, sort based on presumably how we have the Jeep, which yeah. was originally GP for general purpose. Mm -hmm. So GP is Jeep, same way this general mobile suit, the GM, became the gem. But then eventually there is a version of it called the James Gun. <laughs> That's what it puts on its resume. <laughs> trying to sound professional as James. Please, Jim was my father's name. I am James Gun. <laughs> uh. James. Anyway, 
Correction, its full name is Carl Gustav. Oh, Apparently, I thought that was like... It's named after I've a bazooka or something. <laughs> yeah, I've heard people bringing that up. I didn't realize that was the uh, that was the generic Yeah, that's the, that's the GM one, of the series. It's a very chunky boy. I love generic suits so much. They're just so disposable. <laughs> hmm. Look like you're getting there. They're like not in the face. <laughs> anyway, so yes, for as, l- as a dollar a month, you can join us for more of that kind of nonsense. All right. So until next episode, when uh, when we collectively get wished to the cornfield, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. <laughs>